Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Okay, I'm sitting down with uh, with Zach Beans and Richard Taylor, um, a couple of guys that I connected with many years ago uh, when I Need to Lose 10 Pounds got into its one and only film festival, uh, Troma Dance 2006. And um, and then actually the following year, uh, 07, uh, Abo was in that festival and you guys were there with uh, with your, your opus at the time, which was uh, the misled romance of uh, Cannibal fucking, God damn it, I can't get the, what was the title? The misled the romance of Cannibal Girl and Inza's Boy. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, how many times did you post that on the internet that, like, how could I fucking forget that title? Um, but, but yeah, I, mean, I actually remember uh, I only met Richard. This is the first time I've actually spoken to Zach, um, like, outside of the internet. Yeah. yeah. I think we've chatted briefly, like, at trauma dances and such. Really? Well, because I only went to the one, and... Um, and I, I was only there for a day, not even for my own screening, which did, didn't make any sense. Um, I don't know why I did that. I was just so excited to be there that I was like, oh, I'll go out, even though I can't go on the actual day that my movie's screening. Um, and I had like these big dreams of like, maybe I'll go and like we can talk about distribution, and blah, blah, blah. And they actually did acquire the movie. They just never did anything with it. It's like the, the most hilarious contract you've ever seen. It's like, uh, well, there's there's no money. We own it for 20 years and we don't have to do anything with it. <laughs> and I was like, sign my ass up. Crazy. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> I've since signed a, dif- a different distribution contract that was like, we own it for four years and we have to do something with it in the first 12 months. I was like, that's much better. Um, but if I remember correctly, uh, Richard was like, when I met you, Richard, yeah. uh, you were kind of like, I remember you being like almost somewhat sheepish. Like you weren't like. I mean, you were sociable, but you weren't like super talkative. You weren't the um, the personality, the, the the internet personality you are now. Do, is that true? Were you a little dorky? <laughs> wow, you, that, what a what a great first question. To say. <laughs> he has a big dorky Frankie frame. You could see it on Unicorn. Yeah, because he's not dorky anymore, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I did. Say, that's right. You're you're uh, the movie that was at. Uh, the 2006 festival was Unicorn, and uh, and it was shot on eight mil color, and uh, and your penis was in it. You know, I remember. Um, what do I remember? I remember just being up a lot and trying to promote the Troma Dance Film Festival, being um, in very cold weather, and just maybe not maybe wanting to be alive anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I was coming off as sheepish because I was working for. Uh, the the trauma man, if you will, uh, and was being worked to the bone, and maybe I was just really tired. I, I didn't mean to come off as sheepish. I, I'm not sheepish. I'm not. No, I know you're not. That's why. That's why I'm like that was. That's a strange early memory. But I, yeah. That now that you say it, I remember. Um, it was you were doing more than showing your film. You were. Um, you were kind of like you really threw in with the festival. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me and Zach both went out to uh, Park City, and we would go up and down the street uh, handing out handbills and trying to promote the festival as much as we could, screaming at people 
I brought my accordion. We played music on the streets. I almost got arrested for doing that. And uh, for playing, yeah. for playing music, it's illegal to to express joy in the streets. Well, it wasn't that. It was my accordion. They did not appreciate the accordion music or sound, so they uh, told me to put it away. I didn't put it away. Then they gave me another warning. Then I didn't put it away again. Ah. Then they started getting a little mad. Yeah. I handed out I handed out leaflets for about thirty minutes with my now brother in law, and um and we were like let's fuck this let's go watch some movies, yeah. <laughs> but I was excited because I you know like I don't know about you but um well I'm sure this is the case with you but uh, uh before that event I let's see I was like twenty at the time and I I had spent um so this is like seven fucking years ago um I I had spent uh. You know, the the previous six years before that, watching uh, trauma VHSs and DVDs. Um, and, and, and as much as I enjoyed the feature films, I was way more interested in the DVD special features. And you, after after you watch enough of them and enough Lloyd Kaufman intros to the movies and stuff, you start to kind of like really get a sense for like, oh, that's that part of the building. And, it, you know, if you're into that kind of shit, you start to really so. I knew that like the the volunteerism was a big piece of of trauma, so I was kind of I was kind of into like yeah let, I want to be one of those crazy trauma fucks, um, but I, I don't know if I was as committed. Yeah, us too. We uh, we just grew up on that stuff, me and Zach, and uh, we really did get into the special features of the DVDs, and that's that's what made us want to make movies, right, Zach? And actually, one of the special features on the Toxic Avenger 21st Anniversary DVD is one of the first things that me and Richard ever did for Troma. We did a music video of the Toxic Avenger theme song. So yeah, I'm 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 totally aware. I'm I didn't know you guys yet, but of course, when I saw that out at like a Newbury Comics, I snatched it up and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool that they're like having people do stuff like this. And it was you fuckers. Yeah, yeah. How funny is that? It was really really weird. Um. But uh, uh, let's talk about the the partnership a little bit, because growing up as a trauma kid, I tried to get people to come along for the ride um, and they and and they would kind of get into it for two months. They'd be like, oh, yeah, look at all these movies you're showing me. And then after a few months more of that, they were like fucking Frankie and his trauma. (laughs) Um, But you guys found each other. You found kind of a a misled romance, if you will. Uh, yeah, I guess so. We uh, met in uh, when we were in middle school, so we uh, we've been around for a while. And admit, were you watching Trauma in middle school? No, that was high school. Uh, this kid I knew was like uh, knew that I, me and Richard were big Trey Parker and Matt Stone fans, and he bootlegged Cannibal the Musical for us. And we uh, watched all the previews and everything that was on the bootleg tape, and we're like, like these look crazy. So uh, so he let us borrow the toxic Avenger. And we just started looking for trauma movies after that. So South park to cannibal to trauma was the gateway. Exactly. Exactly. That was same here. I wonder how many people that's the case for. I wonder how much uh, attention Trey and Matt have drummed up for that company over the years. I'm sure quite a bit. Yeah. They've couldn't have heard trauma at all. Like, yeah. Um, I'm sure they've kept them in business for a little bit longer anyway. <laughs> Even with the Book of Mormon, they're talking about Cannibal the Musical more. So I'm sure it's just. Yeah, it's true. I, I've, I've watched a number of interviews. I've never actually heard the word trauma escape anybody's lips. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, they, they are talking about Cannibal all the time. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so so you're, you're film fans at this point or are you already kind of dabbling in filmmaking? 
Uh, no, we, we, we just started watching Trump movies. We never even thought about making our own movies. We still were bashing, like, movies that... Right, Zach? I mean, we never really got into... Yeah, we were kind of doing, like, the drama thing in school, but uh, we never... Like, other than we were kind of watching this stuff and Lloyd was, like, showing everybody how to make, like, blood and guts and we're like, oh, that looks fun. And then we had a drama project where they told us to do a music video. So we used all our trauma tricks. You know, we never shot anything on really before that. Yeah. Well, we did a few things in uh, Zach's backyard. We would go in his backyard and make little goofy movies and – we put them together with VCRs and because uh, that was back when we were doing VCR editing. Talk, and, talk about that for a second because there's kids who listen to this and they don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, well, VCR editing is where you take uh, two VCRs and uh, you have to... Are tapes for the kids who don't know, tape players. <laughs> well, tape players. So, yeah, well, we, we would take the footage that we had just shot and try to put it edited on it's a very calm i don't know how to explain vcr to real <laughs> well so i on previous episodes we've talked a little bit about tape to tape editing how there's sort of a master uh, sure. tape and you're kind of dubbing to that linearly and if you fuck up yeah. you got to start over again exactly that, exactly that's so. that's one the, and and the thing was that was like um for news anyway and for video that was uh the standard way of of editing yeah um, and you could get fancy with it. Like, you could get proper decks to do it. I even saw at one point, um, my video teacher was like, uh, a, you know, a Fox News cameraman or something like that. And uh, and he had this little, almost like little briefcase that opened up. And you and you could put in, um, you know, a mini DV tape on the left and a mini DV tape on the right and do tape to tape that way. And I was like, dude, like the, this Final Cut Pro thing came out. Why aren't you using that? And he yeah. was he was like, oh, this is this is fast. This is really fast. So those guys would get really good at like they wouldn't make mistakes was the whole thing. So they didn't once they got their in, ins and outs, they were like uh, they were flying high. But but what you're talking about is something that I'm even more interested in, which is like when people would try to do that with like commercial VCRs, like they would, try, you know, scare up two of them and try to do it that way. And that was even harder. Yeah, you have to know where where you're like how fast your pause button was because some VCRs would pause like a half a second after you would press the button. Yeah. So you'd have to know your footage and be like, this is where I want it to cut. So pause. And that's where it would stop slightly later. Cause like so a, pro- like a proper tape to tape deck would, would allow you to, um, to cue to, the, even though it'd be kind of junky, you could cue to the frame that you need to get to. Uh, yeah, it was it was, was an easy way to tell a story. I mean, you could see what we were trying to go for. I mean, it wasn't really watchable, but you could definitely tell what we were trying to do. What were you shooting on, VHS? No, we were shooting on uh, I-8. I-8. Yeah, that was me too. I I shot on uh, my parents' I-8 for years. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. And, 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 and not to be confused with 8mm film, right? No, 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 no. no. These, are, these are bigger, bulkier, like, DV tapes. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like that. Think cassette tapes. They still sell them at Kmart. <laughs> do they really? Why the fuck do they do that? I don't know. Kmart's like Kmart seems to be like still stuck in 1995. <laughs> Nobody's manning manning the cash registers at all. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> no. like, step into our time capsule, Kmart. <laughs> um, Me and Zach went into Kmart the other day, and it was really like going into 1995. They had like 
blank VHS tapes. They had blank CDs. They had just like all they were playing the California Raisins Christmas special like soundtrack. Over wow, the- <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it was during Christmas time. I went. I went in there on Black Friday, and they they had for the first time in years opened like six registers, and <laughs> uh, there was nobody in the store. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so uh. uh so you you continue to dabble. You do this backyard stuff. When do you start to actually put together like a script? Like we need to, you know, we need to start organizing our efforts better, make something um, that, you know, that people might want to watch. Well, you know, the funny thing, uh, FF, uh, we've never written scripts. We still have never actually had master the fine art of writing a script. Is that a fact? Right. I did not know that. No, we we have. We have. I, I, but this is an interesting question because I don't even know what the very first script is we ever wrote. Actually, I remember we we wrote a script for a, a movie called uh, Shirt uh, at the time, which led into the uh, movie uh, Skirt, if you've ever seen Skirt, mm. our movie called Skirt. Right, Zach? That's right. I don't know if that was ever our very first script because um, we used to write a lot of like short drama plays in drama class. So we would write scripts in there on just like paper. Um, well, most of our movie scripts are just like a list of jokes on paper. And then like they wouldn't even necessarily be in any order. We would just kind of edit around to see how we wanted it to go. Yeah. So, and, with, uh, and with our feature film, Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer, that um, I'm sure you're leading up to. But uh, we, we actually got a, a, a friend to help us write the script because we are terrible screenwriters. Yeah. Um but 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 that movie when once you got to a feature you were actually like making some attempt to uh <clears throat> to 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 get it in an organized way that you could hand it out to people and they would all know what you were shooting that day. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you can't well, We never handed it out to anybody. Oh, really? We were the only people with a script and that wasn't always the case. <laughs> so how do you work? You like feed feed lines one by one or what? Um we we emailed everybody a script initially and then we're like, "All right, memorize your lines and we uh, found out pretty soon after, like, the third or fourth day of shooting, nobody even read the script. So we would just end up feeding them lines or having people look at stuff right before we would shoot. Why, why, do you, why do you like to work that way? Uh, it's I, don't, just, I don't think it's necessarily that we like to work that way. It's just that's how it always is. It's, it's very hard to find people who uh, – our very lead actors did take the time to memorize their lines, which really helped. Um, Adam, the amazing zombie killer, memorized his lines. He yeah. would memorize them on the spot. He was that good. He yeah. would just he would just look at the script and just be like, blah, 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 blah. "Okay, I got it. Let's do it." He had kind of he had kind of a Rain Man thing going on. Oh yeah. So we can we can recommend that people cast uh, the autistic. That's true. <laughs> the other people we casted in the movie were just like our friends. Like they were nobody, and uh, so they did not care. They did not take the time to actually memorize the script. So it was it was it was tough, and maybe that's why it took. Four years to make the movie. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think that you start to, um, you know, you're saying, well, we didn't necessarily like to work that way. Do you, do you think that you start to, like, your ways of doing things completely adapt to what's possible? Right. So, like, so. so, so you're going like, I, you know, well, I don't expect anybody's going to sit here and study this script. So why don't we make something that's a lot looser that we can kind of, you know, um, we can kind of embrace the fact that they're not studying it and get some more spontaneity out of it. Is there is there an element to it like that? 
Well, we've always liked to have, you know, spontaneity on set because that's where a lot of the funniest stuff comes from. Because when you're writing the script, you might not realize that, you know, this location has like this weird set piece that you could kind of do your scene around or just there might be just something funny that happens, you know, on set. So we we we're not really stick to the script type of people anyways. Yeah. Do you do you rewrite night before and shit like that? Um, Adam had like 14 rewrites and then at one point me and Richard were just like, okay, we're done. We really didn't retool the script at all after that. We just kind of, you know, went with what we had on paper and made stuff up on set. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, So, um, so, so let's, let's, let's zoom forward to unicorn, which I feel like unless I'm wrong was, uh, was one of the first movies you really kind of pushed out there. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Um, and we shot that for um, when we were going to film class. We uh, took a Super 8 film class in college. And so uh, we wanted to make something kind of in the lines of like a, a John Waters movie. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Why, that's why we made that. But we did it for school. <laughs> so um, that was the funny thing. And I don't know if anybody's seen Unicorn who's listening to this, but it's kind of it's a little uh, kind of disturbing, I guess. It's about a guy who picks up little girls in a, in a park and uh, he picks them up with uh, unicorn lollipops and then molests them. So uh, that's really the premise for that movie. So, <laughs> all right. So, so uh, we got to ask a few questions. Um, yes. So first of all, uh, this is a co-director. Uh, the, the, all of these efforts are co-direct uh, co-directed, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Okay. So, um, and, and, and Richard, you play the unicorn lollipop child molester. <laughs> yes. Um, so you're doing this for school. It, you're, you're right. It has an extremely um, <clears throat> it has that exploitative uh, pink flamingos uh, kind of thing going on. And it's really interesting um, that if John Waters hadn't come before you, if you hadn't shot on the eight mil, I don't think that people would have swallowed that pill as well as they did. It, well, you're, you're probably right. I, I mean, if we shot that on like video, it would have never came yeah. out. Right? It would have never. Yeah. Imag- but- imagine Unicorn just shot on HD. <laughs> oh, it, no, no. It, uh, I can't even imagine it. It's just not that kind of a project. <laughs> <laughs> like it's supposed to have this sense of like somebody found this fucked up film, you know? Exactly. Um, See, Frankie Fran gets it. <laughs> well, lots of people got it. If I remember correctly, there were there were uh, lots of nice reviews from from underground sites and bloggers. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we got a lot of praise for the movie, and we got into the Troma Dance Film Festival, and that's where we met you. Where, where did um Where did the idea for Unicorn come from? Because if I mean, most people they get a they get a homework assignment, they don't go straight to kid fucking. That's well, see, that's, 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 where that's, that's, re- that's really where we got the idea, though. <laughs> you were just so pissed off at school that you were like, I just want to make something about fucking kids. Well, Zach, remember this, Zach? We were in uh, college and our film professor said, now we live in Colorado. Do not make a movie about pirates who go to, who go to the ocean and do drugs and uh, have guns. This is all just cliche stuff. We live in Colorado. There's no oceans. We don't need pirates. And so the very first movie we made in college, Zach, was a movie about a pirate who did drugs, who lived on the sea. <laughs> right, Zach? <laughs> yeah, we did everything the teacher told us not to do. And so then with Unicorn, we're like, well, what else do you think that our teacher would really hate? 
for us to do because we ha- also had to show show it in front of like all the different classes too and the classes would sit around to judge your work so we thought it'd be funny for them to watch Richard's Wang on the big screen we really did and uh, <laughs> and, and 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 our only note was uh our our teacher said you guys are just in love with yourselves aren't you wow <laughs> wow um he did like CSI Love Lucy though explain yeah CSI Love Lucy was a movie we made in college. It was a very short film about uh, um, Fred Mertz and Ricky Ricardo joining the CSI to find the uh, son of a bitch who killed their wives. And um, we just made this fake movie trailer uh, for a movie uh, TV show coming out. And uh, the the school really liked that one. They even played it in the film festival. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <clears throat> How, how much? I mean, I went to film school as well, and um, I will say right out of the gate that uh, that pirates doing drugs on the sea <laughs> w- w- was not the cliche that I, no is no cliche I'm aware of. Well, <laughs> that's why we found it funny, and that's why we did a uh, video about it. That was just that one teacher was like, "Look, I've seen a million pirate drug movies." Yeah, he's like, "There's too many movies with pirates. There's too many movies with drugs." It's too many movies with sex. You guys need to come up with something better, more interesting. We're like, well, that's all I know. <laughs> I mean, the, I spot on, Zach. Sex. The, the cliche that I was aware of was, um, yeah, I went to Emerson College in Boston. Um, the the cliche I'm aware of is a, a kind of quiet, awkward romance amongst hipsters in dorm rooms. Well, that's another funny thing because we made another movie called Suicide a Comedy, which was <laughs> another cliche we were told not to go into um, a very dramatic suicide movie. So we're like, let's make a version of a suicide movie. So we did. And uh, they hated that one too. Oh yeah. (laughs) Lots of, lots of movies about suicide and uh, the homeless as well. Cause we, it's the first time some of these people have seen homeless people. Oh really? It's like how many times when you're in the college film school that, that you're sitting there watching all the student movies and like half of them are about like the guy who thinks about killing himself but then, like, there's, like, the awkward indie girl who gives him the bullet, like, at the end or takes it away from him. And he's like, you really saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, Holy shit, I've watched this movie eight times already today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's, it's – realistically, it's, it's an 18-year-old trying to presume what an adult uh, – you know, a dramatic adult life might look like. Yeah. Um, and trying to put that on film. So you have kind of, like, these uh, – the, you know, almost these, like – fake fantasies uh, over and over again. And they all take place in the same dorm room. Um, yeah. And we were just 18 year olds wanting to make funny, stupid movies that didn't make sense and made people laugh. So well, I mean, we, we were in the same drug taking pirate ship um, because uh, yeah, I, I was exactly the same. Well, I had been active all throughout high school with, uh, with, I need to lose 10 pounds, which well, yeah, and we, and, you know, we saw, I need to lose 10 pounds and I still have that movie right in my arm's reach. I, wow. I, I, I do enjoy that movie. Right. Zach. Yep. We, we watch that one fairly often. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you something. That movie just came out on Blu-ray. Wow. Uh, I, I, I went back and color corrected it from scratch and, That's uh, awesome. And uh, and I, I it's a 50 gig Blu-ray disc with just tons of shit that I found uh, old mini TV tapes. And it, it's by far the best Blu-ray I'll ever make. Worst movie I'll ever make as well. But um, but best Blu-ray. Um, so uh, uh, so y- Unicorn is. Yeah, it's, it's it's really neat that you're able to find um, not that I have a problem w- really with any kind of content. Um, 
but but there there is there's the line between exploitation for exploitation's sake, which I think a college is a very good place for because you are trying to um, draw a contrast between yourself and the cliches. And some, yeah. sometimes that's a way to do that. But then there's also trying to find a reason for the exploitation. And, and, and if, you know, I think that using that format and doing kind of a callback to the seventies is kind of clever. And, and it's, I find it very interesting that format alone can make that distinction uh, in people's heads and people's subconscious. Yeah. Well, people always ask us, where did we find the filter for unicorn or cannibal girl and incest boy? And we're like, it's not a filter. It was real film. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk about working with film. Well, uh, working with film is just like working with video, except you really need to, uh, this is going back to maybe the VCR editing conversation. It's like you have to uh, know what you're going to do. You really need to plan out um, what you're going to shoot. Um, you really only get like one chance to shoot because if you overshoot, you're wasting money and you're wasting film and you really can't afford it. There's only like three minutes on a roll. So you have to really block out your scene and know what you're shooting before you shoot. And I don't think in this video world, we have a lot of that, like the kids in the film school. I don't think they really block out their scenes. I don't feel like they exactly know what they're going to do. The very first minute they push record, they just kind of do it and then um, they see what they get. And then they take the maybe like 75th take that they got, you right. know? Right. I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> they, they, they fight kind of a war of attrition. So yeah, it really it really helps you um, learn as a filmmaker, and it really makes you feel like a filmmaker because you know film is in the title of filmmaker. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we shot with Super 8, which isn't exactly um, you know the loading the camera. I mean, you just take a stupid cartridge and you put it right in the camera. It's not that hard. Was you it was it a, was it a Bolex? Uh, no, 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 no. We shot on stolen cameras from Goodwill stores. <laughs> We'd go to like Goodwill and steal cameras. Wow. Basically, well, well, we wouldn't really steal them. I think that's a, that's a, that's just makes a good story. We would, we we borrowed them from. <laughs> no, that's not true. We we did shoot on two stolen cameras. <laughs> that's really funny. Well, we borrowed them from the film school, and we borrowed them from a few friends, and we never gave them back. With no intentions on giving them back. Why were yeah. there Why were there multiple cameras? Well, because we wanted to get. Um, well, because, well, you're shooting a, a movie that really only gets one take. So to get uh, more shots at the same time, we did multiple cameras at the same time. So we would... Uh, Just with the blood and gore, you you would ruin costumes or the set would get all bloody. So you really only had one shot to get everything. So we... Yeah, tried so to always, we always like shooting multiple cameras, even right. with feature films. So we, we've always done that, yeah. Right, right. So, um, yeah, so I remember, um, when, when we spoke at Troma Dance and then, um, and then in the, the, uh, you know, following months, yes, I, I was kept in touch. Yeah. I, I was like, you should really do a, uh, you should do a feature. I mean, you, you, you could totally do it. And, uh, you were like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then you move forward with, uh, uh, misled romance. Exactly. Um, and this was kind of a really big deal for you guys. I remember. Uh, you put a lot of fucking work into it, and um, and more than that, and the, and the thing that I really kind of admire about you the most is that you put, you seem to put just as much, if not more, effort on the backside of trying to get it shown and trying to get it promoted and marketed, and um, and and, and some people kind of uh, balk at that behavior, and I'm really supportive of it because nobody's gonna fucking sell your movie but you. 
Exactly. And, 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 you know, it, it goes back to learning from Lloyd and the trauma, um, stuff because they're out there, um, pushing it, you know, uh, Lloyd always says you have to have showmanship show. What the hell is that? Those are dogs. <laughs> Nina's shutting the door. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Frankie Fran has dogs. I do. <laughs> I just thought he was a cat person. No, didn't you see sexually Frank? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Those... I, I did. I don't think Zach did. I saw. I that. haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I gotta speak. It's um, it's weird. It's about uh, pirates on a ship uh, having sex <laughs> and doing drugs. It's a cliche. <laughs> I watched that. <laughs> It's, what a cliche. It's a total cliche. <laughs> Sounds like shit. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, getting back to um, uh, the promoting. Yeah, so yeah, the, what, what was Lloyd saying? Oh, well, Lloyd says, you know, you have to have showmanship and show in, 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 sh- in the show business. So we, uh, we've we always believed in the showmanship of show business. Yeah. So we like to go out. We like to promote ourselves. We like to be the face of the movie. Um, so exactly what you're talking about. We, 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 we definitely like that behavior too. Go, get on the Facebook and get on the uh, internet and spam. Back then it was the MySpace. Back then it was MySpace, but now That's it's right. Facebook. And so we're, we're just definitely promote yourself. Yeah. You, 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 film school. You, you almost have to pro- project yourself as kind of the, um, uh, like you said, the face or, or the celebrity of your group of work so that you you are the constant between each work and um, and make people interested in what you're up to. Uh, one of the things I've always really liked about uh, Kevin Smith, uh, yeah. who I get accused of uh, wanting to be all the time. Um, but the irony being that I don't actually love his movies that much. I, I like some of them. I love some of them. Uh, I really hate some of them. Uh, but I love him because... Uh, I'm, he's made me interested in his career and what he's up to and what he's going to do next. Um, more, more than the films themselves. I can say the same exact thing about Lloyd. Exactly. And, you know, we meet people at film conventions and, uh, or, uh, just conventions in general who don't even seem to be that interested in the movie, but they really like me, Zach, and, uh, the other group of people we have, and they buy t-shirts just because they like us. They don't like our movie, but they like <laughs> us so they buy a t-shirt <laughs> i mean yeah that's that's a that's there's an element to to that that's um yeah, yeah you really gotta be a nice guy and you just gotta get out there and you really gotta be like hey you should watch my movie blah 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 and yeah. then it, it it makes it harder for them to, to 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 turn you down and to to say bad things about your movie i guess i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah if that's the goal um but it, it, at the very least it makes them you know, it makes them come back so if they don't if one movie's a miss um they'll, they'll try you again Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know people don't like Unicorn or the mislaid romance of Cannibal Girl and Incest Boy, but they love Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer. Isn't that fucked up that like because in your mind, like you, you massage every one of these films, you care about every one of them equally. Yeah. Uh, but some people really do kind of look like, you know, my uh, across my three films, some people are like, I love Abo and not the other two or or whatever, you know, it's, and I'm always like, really? Wow. And I can totally see it. They're all very different films, but t- they all came from me. So so any one of them feels like the same to me almost. Yeah, yeah. And and that's true. I, I think I, I really do like I need to lose 10 pounds. I really found that to be. Uh, a funny uh, movie, and I really honor, and I and I and I remember that you made that movie when you were what high school? Yeah, from age fourteen to twenty. Yeah. So it was really uh, 
It was inspiring for me and Zach. I mean, so it, it really made me feel that we could do it too. So, you know, well, that means, that means a lot. That That's a big piece of it for me as well is, is, um, making it less mythical and less, uh, scary, uh, to people and being like, no, it's, it's, it's easy, but it is really funny that you're, you've, you have seen all three of my movies. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and for me, each one was exponentially better than the other. But, but here's a guy, you know, being you, Who's like, I'm a big 10 pounds fan. <laughs> and 10 well, no, 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 that's what I'm trying to get at. I mean, each one of your movies did top each other. Um, oh, okay. I feel that the new one was a little more, it comes off as more of maybe like an indie movie. There's not a lot, there's not, because in your other two movies, it was really like weird and here's a monkey and here's yeah. like, here's a bunch of, here's a Willy Wonka factory or whatever. <laughs> right, 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 right. But yeah, in this, yeah. this one, it seems like what, what, what's weird about it? I can't remember. But when you're watching it, you in the dialogue, it's definitely weird. I mean, it's a weird. It it, it isn't. It 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 fits in your uh, filmography, but like there's the toe and ass thing. Yeah, well, it, that's what I'm getting at. Mm. <laughs> that that definitely is weird. But I mean, it doesn't come off as a. And I, I like that fact that it's in disguise as like a. Oh, come watch this funny independent comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, just wait, wait, just wait till the next one. It'll be uh, truly pretentious. Yes, definitely. Oh, yes. Well, hopefully it's in disguise as a pretentious. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And uh, you put me and Zach in it. So um, <laughs> well, one thing we didn't chat about at all was um, your time on Poultrygeist, one of the Lloyd-directed films. You, were, um, you weren't only on the set. You were uh, key members of the set. You were special effects makeup, I, uh, if I recall. That's right. We were, we were the blood boys on the film. Um we were we flew out there and we were originally production assistants. And they had us mopping the the abandoned chicken bunker at the time. The set wasn't really dressed yet. And then uh, we were walking around on set. And one of the producers of the movie, Gabe Friedman, he uh, worked for Troma for a long time and yeah. recognized us from the music video we did on the Toxic Avenger DVD. And we did a head crushing in that. So he asked if we wanted to be in charge of the blood on poultry geist and. Naturally, we were like, fuck, yeah, that's that's so smart that he knew to like <clears throat> to look around for talent like that, you know, because I think I, I was on the set of um, Return to the Class of Newcomb High. Yeah. And it was sort of the same thing where, where people get promoted quickly. It's kind of a come one, come all. You get a, <laughs> you get a big pool of people and then the cream rises to the top. There's some firings right at the very beginning, and then you got a pretty stable set after that. But I, but you guys and and everybody else in the documentary on the DVD, it all shows that that movie was hellish uh, in terms of uh, the production stress. Um, I was on, I was only on uh, Newcomb High for three days, but it was it was not stressful. From what I heard, though, on Newcomb High, a few people went to the hospital, and only uh, one person went to the hospital on. Poultry guys. Oh well, the first couple of days there was a there was a guy who was uh, swinging fists. Really? Um, yeah, and he just was tossed, and um, and Lloyd was super like we you know, violent fucks need to go. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure happened on yours as well. Did you uh did you wind up acting in the movie or appearing? No, no, I was there to um I have a a friend, uh who um who's who was on this podcast at one point as well, <clears throat> who um is also writing my next feature. Um, he, he happened to have been doing a documentary about Lloyd. Um, and he was like, well, you're, you're, this is before we started to collaborate. He was like, you're a big fan. <clears throat> Would you like to come out to Niagara Falls with me and be my cameraman? Oh, that's the movies of the future guy. Yeah. 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 And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. I, I was like, you know, I, 
you know, 17 year old Frankie would, would jump in the air. I mean, I, I watched those documentaries over and over and over again. And I, I, uh, it, it was before I kind of got to make my own shit or I was in the middle of making some of my earliest shit. And I was, just, I would just try to absorb everything that was going on as if it's a good model for what I should be doing. Um, which I'm not sure that it is, uh, but it is to some, to a large extent. Yeah. I had, I had read the books by that point and the books were life changing. I don't know about you guys, if that happened. Oh yeah. We used to carry around all I need to know about filmmaking. I learned from the toxic Avenger to every movie set we were on. Yeah. I, I even brought it with me to poultry geist. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people on the set of Newcomb high were carrying around those books, uh, and, and make your own damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was just really interesting. It was like, you know, on those well, not to not to toot our own horn, but we are uh, me and Zach actually wrote a essay for uh, Lloyd's new book called "Sell Your Own Damn Movie." Oh yeah, I think I might have that here somewhere. And and I don't know if you've actually read our essay in that book. I think it's on page fifty-two. <laughs> oh well, fuck! I, 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 I gotta take a look at that. I, I don't know if you've ever actually saw that. <laughs> I think actually, you know, I think I only own direct and produce. I don't think I own sell. Yeah, sell sell your own damn movies is a latest one he just put out, and uh, and um, we uh, were asked to do a little essay about selling a movie with an offensive title. So talk so talk about that. What do you, what do you talk about in the book? Well, we talk about um, trying to sell Cannibal Girl and Incest Boy on PayPal, um, a site that doesn't seem to like the word incest a whole lot, and uh, didn't understand what we were trying to sell over their uh, fine. Uh, internet services. So we uh, had to battle the uh, fights because we kept getting shut down. We would sell movies and they, we, they would have money in our account and then they shut us down and they wouldn't let us take the money out. Do you believe that? What the fuck? Yeah. So then I'd have to call up PayPal and be like, look, it's just a movie. It's not pornographic. It's not this. It's not that. Porn stars can sell their soiled used underwear on the uh, PayPal, but I can't sell my stupid movie. Yeah, I, th- I thought outside of like black market items, it was pretty much a free for all. Well, they didn't like the misled romance of Cannibal Girl and Incest Boy. They did not know what it was. I said, it's just a movie. There's nothing in the movie that's as bad as anything that's in the cinema right now. Right. Uh, so that's basically what we write in the book. And, um, yeah, it, it was really hard to fight, and we, we did fight PayPal, and we did get our account open again, and you can now buy Cannibal Girl Vince's Boy on DVD if you want. How did you, how did you fight it? How did you win? I had to talk to, like, the supervisor, the manager, the fucking manager of the manager, the supervisor of the supervisor. It was just back and forth, back and forth. It was just, it was just, it was hard. And then I had to do emails, but I kept fighting, and I kept you know, really expressing that this is not pornographic. It is just a movie. It is my art. How dare you take me down? How dare you judge what is good taste and what isn't bad taste? This has nothing to do with your rules. I've read your rules. Right. It doesn't say anything about if we don't like your movie, then we don't need to sell it. So- right, right. Well, there's even at one point, one of the people at PayPal was like, I've had enough of you artist people thinking all your stuff is art. That's right. Yep. Wow. She's like, I, I saw a painting the other day being sold on, on our uh, PayPal, and I just found it disgusting. It was a penis. <laughs> <laughs> the whole painting was a penis. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. And I didn't care. I was like, well, good. It, it, I don't care what you sell, you know? But Right. Well, it, it, it implies that they're going to they're gonna decide what, what art is and what it is. And, and, so, uh, so filmmakers beware. 
and we had another filmmaker friend who uh, made a movie called uh, uh, Cock Hammer, who had troubles selling his movie because it had the word cock in it. So, 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 so as egregious as the whole thing is, I think the takeaway here is, like, when you're making your PayPal button, just don't use the offensive words when, yeah. <laughs> when, when drawing it up. Because, like, now that you say that, I'm like, fuck, what about Sexually Frank? And I'm just thinking I could easily have been like, you know, I could have called it S. Frank Blu-ray. And... Suggestively Frank. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you shouldn't You shouldn't have to do that. That's the thing, Frankie. That's stupid. You shouldn't have to do that. No, no. You're absolutely right on principle. I, I'm, I'm just – I'm purely thinking uh, in terms of practicality, how do I get my movie sold without having I, to deal with bullshit. Right now our movie is uh, The Misled Romance of Cannibal Girl and I – asterisk, asterisk. T boy. <laughs> okay, so yeah. you know, so you know what that means is that cannibal girls are fine, but incest boys are a major problem. <laughs> and and uh, funny enough, our movie sells very well down south. So does it really? <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. You know, so I, I I've sold my own DVDs and Blu-rays and shit for for a while, and I always sell to the same you know fifty people, and uh, and that's always great. Uh, penetrating beyond that, it's been difficult. Sexually Frank just got signed for a distribution deal. It's it's going to be on Amazon on March 26 and a few stores, and that's really cool. But um, but I've doing my own thing on PayPal. I've never really been able to to get a major audience. How I, I want figures here, gentlemen. I want I I want some. I want you to tell the truth. How have you been doing with the sales? We um basically would add anybody on Facebook and our MySpace back then and you could see who was online on other people's friends and we would just add everybody and just spam them. And and, and commit serious amount of time to doing that? Yeah. Yeah, like I think more people are aware of of our online presence than our actual movies. But and, uh you know, we, we did sell a lot of copies of Cannibal Girl and Incest Boy. We maybe sold over, you know, 200 copies of the film. So, I mean, at $13 a pop, you do the math. So, I mean, but that was in the period of like maybe two, three years. It wasn't all at once. So, you know, it, it wasn't something to live on. Yeah, right. Of course. I, I, I was able to get that quantity sold only when um, doing public screenings. So, yeah. Exactly. And, and that's that's the that goes back to showmanship. You know, you got to do public screenings and sell yourself and get out there and show your face and uh, people will buy your movie. Yeah. You know, and, what I, you, you know what I think is smart is because, um, well, it worked for me anyway, is if you open a free if you uh, for wallet, right, you open a free screening to the public. Promo yeah. Promote the fuck out of that. Hey, come see this free movie. And hopefully you've been Facebooking and tweeting for a few years as you make the thing. So people are anticipating it to whatever extent. They're like, oh, I'm finally going to get to see that. They come out and then and then hit them on the way out of the door. If you liked it, go home with it. Um, I think that for movies like ours, which don't have any initial demand, um, that's a good way to kind of get people interested. And that's what we've been doing with our feature film, Adam, the Amazing Zombie Killer. We've been going to like local um, just art houses and even like dollar theaters, yeah. dollar yeah. theaters, dollar theaters don't care at all. They don't give two fucks about anything. I don't know why, but these like cheap dollar theaters are just run by like whoever. And like you go there and you say, can I show my movie? And they're like, uh, I got to ask my manager. Mm -hmm. Is it okay? And they're like, all right. The art house is a different story. It's a little harder to get in there. Right. But the uh, dollar theaters definitely don't care. So we've been showing our movie at these like dollar theaters. Um, and uh, it's been going great. And we don't have the movie for sale yet. But we've been telling people to go online and uh, 
really uh, buzz the movie. We're trying to get a lot of buzz and uh, like on IMDb or Facebook or whatever, just trying to get the movie a little buzz because that's that's what we're trying to get right now. So yeah, and and the more you talk about it, while it's not on DVD. Uh, the more you could probably expect to sell when it finally is on DVD. Well, yeah, and we're trying to. We, what we'd like to do is get some buzz so we can get the film festivals. Sure. Because if we've been, we've been like you. I know you had some problems trying to get in the film festivals. We've been rejected from every single one we've been in or have, have been submitted to, and we submitted to like what ten film festivals at like fifty dollars a pop, right, Zach? Yeah, it, which it, is. We're gonna spend more money on festivals than we did on the movie. In yeah. local, in local film festivals, turned us down too. Like we're we're in Denver, Colorado, and we know a lot of people who put on these film festivals, and they turned our film down. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. I I know the programmers at Boston Underground, and they turned me down. I was like, people who fucking run your festival were in the movie. Like, what the fuck? I don't get that. I don't understand that behavior. It's like, hey, we made this movie. Let's celebrate this movie. Let's get together. Let's watch it. It's a fun movie. There's nothing. It, and yet they want to show the Lost Boys because nobody's seen Lost Boys before. Or they yeah. want to show like fucking just King Kong or something. I don't know. They just want to show classic movies. It's like, who cares? Like, show anybody could watch that. Go buy a DVD. Nobody can watch my movie. Like, yeah. This, this is where they see it. This is where they see it. Don't you want to be the film festival that premieres the movie and shows the movie off? Right. Well, you know, the, the whole thing is, is that they, um, you know, I, I, so, so I think we talked about this. I ended up getting into Sydney underground. Yes. And, and I watched your fine, uh, 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 home movies of your yeah. trip. Yeah. So you saw, you saw the whole thing go down. Um, yep. I sure did. <laughs> it, it, it was a really great experience. Um, it, it's the kind of thing you hope for. It's the kind of thing that that all those fifty dollars submission fees, uh, uh, you know, you hope they lead to. Um, you know, does it? <laughs> was I given some fucking chocolate key to the kingdom? No, but what what I was given was an opportunity to screen to a whole lot of strangers who were excited about my movie a, in a foreign country, and it yeah. led, and it led to uh, a distributor being interested, and that was really fucking cool. Um, but what well, I you've done it man you've made it you might as well just quit yeah i might as well just kill myself right now <laughs> uh, but what i found what was really interesting was after having submitted to that volume of festivals and gotten that volume of rejections um once i got lucky with one which is really what happened i, I came across programmers that you know it was the same thing with trauma dance like i don't know that 10 pounds would have gotten into trauma dance if jonathan lees hadn't been the one doing the programming that year he was just kind of into what we were doing probably not you're probably right about that. Yeah. And so, you know, really I came across, I was lucky to come across programmers who were into what I do. And, uh, and only now that, so like you guys probably are submitting to underground festivals. Well, because we were rejected from trauma dance for yeah. the amazing zombie killer. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's the, the one in Jersey, right? Cause they don't do it in park city anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully maybe this year, but it's like, really like, come on. Yeah. It's actually Frank didn't get in either. So the alums aren't getting in. Yeah. I think it's definitely the programmer. Uh, you know, it, it's whoever's programming that best. If they don't like your movie, then they don't have to play it, you know? But I, I was just going to say now, now that I've gotten into one international underground festival, I've already been contacted by another one. That's like, Congratu yeah. congratulations on the success of your film, Sexually Frank. We would like to screen your film, uh, April so-and-so at our festival too. And so that's exactly how it goes. Once you get in, they start coming to you and that's what you want. They want you want people to come to you. We we got into a a, a little uh, um, sci-fi convention here in town called Starfest, and since we've done that, 
we've had other conventions contact us wanting us to be guests at their convention. So it's just like, where were you before? It's just yeah. like, but how do you get to that point? You get to that point by, ever- by shit, pure luck. I yeah. really, it, that's what it is. It's but, just in the right place at the right time. You always hear that. And it really is true. But you got to make your own luck by trying over and over and over again and making yourself bankrupt in the process. And, and people like you give uh, me and Zach a, a little bit of a shot because, you know, I've been I, I've been depressed and I'm, I'm starting to give up because on film submissions to film festivals because, yeah, I just don't I don't give a fuck anymore. And I but maybe maybe I should s- still submit. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bummer when it's not happening, but it's it's um who the fuck knows is the thing. And, and it's it's really hard to. To work that way, in the to, Sydney, the Sydney Underground film, but like, who who would have known? Like, really? Yeah, and it's it's it was one of those things where it's not like I was like, you know, what we need to do? We need to get into Sydney. What happened? <laughs> what, what happened was uh, a former professor professor of mine who liked the movie. Uh, I was like, do you, you know, she she's like this experimental filmmaker. And I was like, where do you think I should submit? She's like, well, it, it, I got the same fucking answer from everybody, which is like, it's really tricky because it's not weird enough to be like a truly underground film and it's not um it's not kind of normal enough to be in normal film festivals so it's i was like oh you mean it's fucking unique but um (laughs) yes it's a unique movie (laughs) but uh uh, she was like you know uh she's like i know about this one you know there's sydney underground and i was like sydney fucking australia like as far away from here as i can possibly get well i mean i'm not gonna get in so uh yeah whatever it was just like uh, I, I actually make a like a salary now and so does my wife. So we have a little bit, you know, extra pocket money to throw at these things. So yeah. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. And um, and I just yeah, I was I got in. And the funny thing was I got an email that was like, congratulations, you got it. And it, it looked like spam. It totally did. <laughs> it was like it was like red font. And I was like, well, that sucks. I didn't get into Sydney. <laughs> Wow. And, and then I called them and, and they were like, oh, yeah, we, we, we like your film Sexually Frank and, and uh, <laughs> we'd like to put you up for a few days. And um, and it was just great. But um, so keep submitting if you if you can. But uh, but hopefully you have the cash to do it, because that's really. Well, the- well, no, we really don't. But we've been selling uh, Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer um, on VHS. Believe it or not, we did release the movie. We I did saw re- I saw the commercial online. I was really uh, I was really tempted to buy one, actually. But I was like, yeah. what the fuck am I going to do with it? Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, well, for people who do have VCRs and could watch the movie, uh, could watch the movie right now when we put some bonus features on the VHS. And we've been using that money, hopefully, to submit to more film festivals. And uh, speaking of re- uh, uh, letters from film festivals, we've been getting a lot of funny rejection letters because they get, they get the title of the movie wrong in the rejection letters. <laughs> do they really? Yeah, yeah. It'll say, Dear Richard Taylor and blah, blah, blah. Your movie Adams and the Amazing Zombie Killers did not get <laughs> No, it's like who what the fuck? Why did you make everything plural? Adams we- Adams Zombie Killing Adventure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like what the hell? Like you didn't I'd say most the- of them are wrong. You didn't even watch the movie. Wow. And they don't by the way. They they really don't. No, they t- they just take your money and they we put those film festivals on. We should just go crash those film festivals and show our movie. Is what we should do. It's like I paid for this festival. This is my festival. I, I sent a, I sent a scathing email to uh, Las Vegas Film Festival, um, and a couple others. If they don't send me a rejection letter, I chew them a, a fucking new asshole. Really? Um, if, listen, if you if if I'm gonna send you fifty dollars, you're not gonna watch it. 
you're not even going to tell me I didn't get in. Give me my 50 bucks back. Yeah. You're like, uh, you know, I, I'm, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not actually asking for the submission back. But what I am saying is like you are you are acting very unethically at this point. Like at least lie to me and tell me you watched it and don't want it in the festival. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that 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 that's there's no fucking excuse for that. That is absolutely disrespectful they, to any artist. They didn't even give you a rejection letter, really. Yeah, a number of them didn't. Like, I had to reach out, and they were like, "Well, you know, I, I would check their website regularly, and then finally, you see, like, uh, and now, you know, it's been announced. Uh, here's the lineup. Wow, that's and, not cool. And you're not on it, and it's like, oh, awesome, you fucking cunts. Wow, that's that's bad. Yeah. Well, that, that was the cannibal story, right? Back in the, the you know, Sundance didn't send them a, a rejection letter, and they, I think they they started up um, uh, lap dance. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yep, lap dance. <laughs> Although, you know, from if I sent to Sundance, I wouldn't expect a rejection letter either. I, I, <laughs> I would expect like, I wouldn't expect them to waste the postage on me. We got rejected from Slam Dance. They wrote they wrote a really nice rejection letter. I was really uh, their rejection letter was kind of inspiring. It was like, don't give up. You know, we we were filmmakers just like you trying. So blah blah. blah. <laughs> it was just like, oh well, that's nice. That's the nice. other ones that's are nice. just kind of like, you know, they get the name of the movie wrong. It's like, but at least I felt like the Slam Dance Festival maybe gave it a shot. But you know what? We've also been just doing online screeners, which I think is our our uh, our weakness. I don't think we should be doing online screeners. I think we should be sending physical copies in. It's tough to say. I mean, your, your online screeners are gonna are gonna save you money. Which means yep. you're going to be able to submit to more festivals. But I think if the festival has a physical copy, they'll be like, oh, here's this movie. I yeah. can watch it. I can hold it. I, I can play it right now if I want to. The online thing, it's just like, nah, let's go look at porn. It, you, you know uh, what might be a good idea? And I didn't even think of this till just now. But having had the good experience in Sydney, um, it might be worth researching the programmers. Yeah. And seeing who they are and what they and what they do for a living, because if if they're um, if they're college professors or they're film teachers, I, I'll bet you that um, it's a better bet because they probably have film students working for them, which means that they might have, you know, they have kind of a different taste in film. Uh, I mean, yeah. if, if if they're just kind of, you know, a little bit more capitalistic with their festival, that's probably not a good festival for you. Well, and also, I've read that. um because you you use without a box when I do. you do yeah. these festivals, and so um, what I've read is not to leave any spot blank, especially the um, cover letter part and the director statement part. So mm -hmm. I've I've actually written some director statement, and so I hope it comes off as that we're you know really passionate filmmakers and really worked hard on the movie, and it, it might make them want to watch the movie, you know. So. Don't leave any spot blank is what I'm trying to get at. That's good advice. I I, I haven't done that. I, I have left the cover letter blank, and uh, maybe that's not a great idea. And so did we for the longest time because we're like, what the fuck is a cover letter for a film festival even well, look like? Well, and I and, and I did a little research, and it's like just treat it as a as a as a job like application. So that's what I've been trying to do. So yeah, you know, we, we translated the uh, plot outline in French. We. We did a bunch of stuff like that. So you just you got to treat everything really professional and, you know, don't, you know, just you don't you don't need to take yourself seriously, but take your filmmaking seriously. And that's something we learned from Troma as well. So, yeah, it, it's so that, that that's if nothing else, that's the thing I took from Troma as well. Um, yeah, talk, exactly. talk about Adam. Talk about um, uh, what the film is and what the experience of making it was. Well, Zach, do you want to go or should I? Uh, 
Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer is a feature-length film that me and Richard shot uh, over the course of the last four years. Um, and it's a bowling zombie comedy horror movie. Well, it was shot for the last three years. We spent, um, you know, uh, about a half a year writing it and half a year editing it. So uh, uh, it was a hard movie to make. We never made a feature film before, but we always wanted to. Um, because after watching Thank You Friends, uh, I Need to Lose 10 Pounds, it really inspired us to make our own. And so we tried and we failed. That's not true. That, 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 <laughs> that's not true at all. That's not true that, that 10 Pounds uh, inspired you, is it? That's, that's not what the fuck. I mean, maybe that was one of many movies. Well, you know, at the time we were seeing a bunch of like kids who were uh, um, a little younger than us, because me and Zach are probably a little older than you. Um, do things that we've only were just talking about at the time. So I was just tired of talking about it and actually wanted to do it. I was like, if these kids can do it, we can do it. So, um, and it wasn't just you, Frankie. I mean, I saw like other kids doing it. I mean, I can name drop right now, but I'm not. So, I mean, it was just kind of frustrating. So I wanted to be like, well, if Citizen, you know, Citizen Kane could be made by Orson Welles by age 25, and be dubbed the best movie of all time. We could make our first film at 25. So I, that's when we started making the film. I was 25, right, Zach? We were 25, yep. and so, uh, and then now we're. I'm now I'm 29. So mm-hmm. <laughs> but we got the film done. I guess is the point. But yeah. yeah, I didn't get by age 25, and I'm glad I didn't. I don't think it would have been the same movie. I think we actually learned a lot on the movie. And and if you're not learning from each movie you make, then you're not really a filmmaker. Is another thing i'd like to add it's it's every it's everything every movie i made was like you know when you get to the end of that marathon you're like wow i learned so much um the next one's gonna be a breeze and then you learn (laughs) and then just a whole new set of problems (laughs) yeah yeah and 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 does it get easier yeah i for me it did get easier but but it allows you to dig deeper into the things that are more complex um and and more than that, I mean, just on a practical level, the more you make, uh, the more people become attracted uh, to working with you because they're like, wow, this guy actually does finish shit. I don't really like his fucking Abo the Humonkey movie, but he at least finished it. <laughs> um, so that, they, 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 you know, they're they'll gravitate towards you and suddenly you're not begging friends anymore. Uh, people are actually asking you. Yeah, and we've uh, met people already who are wanting to work on our next movie. And it's like, oh, well, I haven't even thought about a next movie. So Let maybe me t- I should think about a next movie. Let me tell you something. That Adam movie is going to I, – I, I say this like I'm not joking at all. It's going to have a major impact on your next movie. It's going to – like the fact that you've completed a feature and even got it screened in a few places is going to give you a lot of credibility moving forward because not a lot of people have done that on this level. Yeah, but it's like how we have no ideas right now. So it's like, what should we do now? It's like, is is a feature film even worth it now? Should we just do a YouTube show, or should we, you know, what should we do? I don't know. I don't know. I you know, it's it's always a, a tough question. I'm between projects too. But uh, what what you know, my wife reminds me of is that I'm happiest when I'm making a movie, and I I, I can tell that's true of you guys as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just in between those things where I, yeah, I guess I find myself at a loss and 
but it's exactly right. You're when I'm making a movie and, or a project or anything, it's just I am happy. So yeah, because I, I thought that too. I was like, maybe I should. Um, you know, I, I've had uh, I've done YouTube cartoons and they've done really well and they've taken me to cool places and those were little one-off projects and it, they got more recognition than something that I put you know six years into. So like, what should where should I really point my efforts? But I think that on this level where uh, the likelihood that we'll ever make money at this shit is is still so low. Um, following your artistic inclinations is the best possible thing you can do. Whatever you feel like making is what you should do. Then go promote it. You know, it's not to say that the business end of it isn't important. Of course it is, but, but lead, lead with your artistic instincts, I would say. And then, you know, just promote the shit out of whatever that is. If that is a feature film, if you're like, I got this feature film in me that I got to make then go make that, uh, regardless of the outcome of it. Um, yeah, and, and and whatever whatever you have, use like it doesn't. Your film doesn't need to be HD. It doesn't need to be this. If you have just a shitty, um, super high eight camera, what it doesn't matter. Just shoot your movie. Shoot your movie on a cell phone. I don't care. Just shoot it. The the cell phone. The, the cell phones don't look that bad. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> uh, we have a, you know what we have is a flip camera. We have a little flip camera. I don't know if the the tween audience you have uh, has these flip cameras. But um, they really look wait a minute, great. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have this tween audience, do I? <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the flip, well, the flip went out of business, unfortunately. Yeah, it's true, but you can still find them. And, uh, like on eBay for like 20 bucks. They're really good cameras. But yeah. I mean, cell phones shoot just as good quality and, uh, and work just as well. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, we shot all our special features on a flip camera. So, but Hell yeah. Yeah. So. Do, do you guys um do you guys shoot your own stuff? Uh, special features? No. Uh, are you your own DPs? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I shot pretty much all of Adam the Amazing Zombie together. I was behind the camera the whole time. Uh, what then when he's not on on screen when he's on screen we had one of our other friends who uh, Tim Johnson who wrote the movie with us. He shot the stuff where Richard was on camera. Yeah. So we I mean we take turns holding the camera, but I mean. Yeah, I've never really had a director of photography. We did once on Cannibal Girl and Incest Boy. We hired a director of photography. He only showed up one day, and it was for the sex scene. So it's like, <laughs> why even bother? Because we we haven't had we we haven't found somebody who we could trust in our little group of whatever filmmaking friends. So it's like, I understand. We okay. just we I've just done the camera work, and I I think. I, I, I think we've gotten compliments on the cinematography at Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer, and then I just laugh because it's like, that was me. I didn't really try. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, it has a, um, if nothing else, it has a definitive look. It has, it, there's, there's a logic to the way it's shot. It's all shot consistently, um, and I think the cinematography, the cinematography matches the comedy. The thing, yeah, the thing is, I just shot it. I just shot the stupid thing, and if action was going on, I would do zoom, uh, open, close, you know, whatever. I mean, it. You I just um, shot the damn thing. I just shot the damn thing. <laughs> you 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 weren't composing shots, but but what you probably didn't even know you were doing was was you were um because you you wrote the script and because you were in charge of the pacing, the the fact that you shot it probably did um uh you know, you got the comedy, so so you were focused on what needed to be focused on and it probably it probably benefited from that. Um, I mean you tell us. You saw the movie, right, Frankie Frame? I, I I certainly did. I I I watched it from beginning to end attentively. That's uh, right. You saw the uh, now. You saw an early uh, cut where what we hadn't color corrected the film yet or added bullet shots. 
And so I, I'm glad, I'm happy to say uh, the, the, the new version of Adam, the Amazing Zombie Killer, has bullet shots and is color corrected. What did you color correct it in? Just Final Cut? We just, yep, we just used Final Cut. We were trying to use that color program, but we uh, just were like, fuck that. <laughs> well, I, 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 I used that color program on Sexually Frank. It was the first time I've ever used it. Yeah. Um, I decided to get real with myself and watch some uh, lynda.com tutorials. Sure. And when it was over, I got it. And after getting the hang of it after a while, what, what, I, what really kind of made a difference using that program instead of using Final Cut because mm-hmm. Final, Final Cut will work great with just like correcting levels and shit. But, yeah. But it was really because we l- sometimes light kind of flat because we were not lighting every single setup. Um, you're able to kind of shadow out elements of the frame that you don't necessarily, you know, that are kind of superfluous or you don't, you know, you can, yeah. you, you, you can start to highlight people's faces. So you can really kind of draw the eye and you can basically trick people into thinking that you shot the movie well. <laughs> and, and, and that's what we try to do too but we did very basic color correcting in the movie but we we definitely took more uh time with the audio of the movie because every single project that is an independent film has very bad sound and adam the amazing zombie killer is no exception but we really did try to make the sound of the movie better than anything how did, like, you, how did you record it well th- we started with uh you know, just into the camera, we had a boom mic. And Get a shotgun mic, just a basic shotgun mic. Um, but then as as the project went forward about halfway through, we somehow didn't have the boom mic anymore and just kind of shot with on-camera mic. And, and that was the bad thing. So we had to do a lot of mixing and uh, we used uh, Soundtrack to make the, mo- the movie sound a little better. We... Well, you tell me. I don't know if the sound of the movie was any good, but yeah. Well, I, I know I know you worked hard on it. In, in in trauma tradition, you were able to um, you were able to use the uh, the voiceover uh, to to add oh. add lots of jokes and and whatnot. Yeah, it's very uh, trauma esque ADRs. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, on on the last film I did, which I, I think had really nice audio, um, out of necessity, we ended up shooting non sync. Uh, because we were shooting on the 7D camera, which didn't have, at least at the time, didn't have audio in. Yeah. And um, it actually ended up being really great because when you have somebody who's not connected to the goddamn cameras, they can get where they need to be to get good sound. It it dedicates somebody to the sound. And uh, uh, it, it also gives me multiple tracks. So we were able to to lav each person's dialogue and if, and, and also boom the scene. So if you, you know, if somebody's lav craps out or something happens, you have all this backup. It all sounds great. It's just all up to you to make sure that it sounds good. And, and that's how real film is made anyway. So it's like, yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to do, but it's it's not like I spent any money on these movies anyway. I, I I doubt that you, I doubt I spent any more money on this than you guys did. Um, Yeah. But uh, but but you're very right to care about sound because this is something somebody said a long time ago, and it's so true. Um, it actually makes the movie look worse, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It's true. And there's some scenes that in, in Adam that make me really cringe. But uh, but uh, the audience. I mean, if you can keep the uh, audience's attention for 80 minutes, you've done a good job. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a job. Yeah, and, and we and we've done that. I think. Um, What's really funny is that in our movie, Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer, people get so offended, they get so grossed out that they leave the movie. We've had we've had multiple lockouts on our movie only because they were so offended, not because the movie was bad, not because the movie was 
like just we lost their attention. We we've actually offended people, which is really a a, a pat on the back because we we've. I think we've made it when you've got walkouts. Like in the Toxic Avenger, Troma's uh, movie, Toxic Avenger, uh, Lloyd has people walking out when a guy gets uh, ran over with a car, uh, the head squash. Yeah. So we have a head squash scene in Adam where people leave the movie, and it's really, it's an honor, I think. Yeah. Um, Zach? Yep. Did you, did, did you not go running after them to... to... <laughs> Oh, no, no, we, we did. And there's going to be some special features on the DVD. We uh, chase people out, out of the theater with the camera and we're like, so why did you leave? Tell us what you saw on screen. And some people wouldn't even talk to us like they're oh, like, no. We actually only have one group of girls who told us that they were really grossed out by the movie and uh, they didn't know what they were getting into. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when we uh, I mean, you've seen 10 pounds when we screened it at um, at the local college around here. We, you know, it's pretty easy to get local press for it because everybody's like, oh, somebody made a movie around this area. And, uh, <laughs> and we so so we were in like every newspaper with these really nice color photos and shit. Yeah. And and, uh, and so what ended up happening was all of the retirees and old people in the town showed up. Oh, wow. Uh, and they even, they, they, they even showed up a little bit dressed up. Like they had shawls and shit. Oh, wow. That's funny. And uh, uh, it was definitely like. There were definitely walkouts where they're like, wow, I, I didn't know it was going to be this. But some of them uh, stayed right through the 45-minute Q&A and the whole nine yards and waited to get the DVD signed. So some of them were into it. That's hilarious. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, it was definitely weird. That was, that was the – well, I did it with Abo again. But after that, I was just like, I'm, I'm done with trying to show this to just anybody. I do want people who actually want to see the movie who are, who are right for the content to watch it. I don't yeah. want to force this on old people anymore. It's just too embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, uh, where's – is there a, a, an upcoming screening or is that still kind of pending? Well, we're, you know, actually right now we have a screening at the uh, Denver Art Society here in Denver, Colorado coming up. Uh, we have a screening uh, at a convention called Galaxy Fest. We're, we're guests of Galaxy Fest. Uh, in Colorado Springs, of course, which is home of the... Uh, the um, Focus on the family. Focus on the family sensor group. So uh, that'll be funny. And uh, right now we're just looking for screenings. So if uh, uh, you're in uh, Boston, right, uh, Frankie? Yeah, Fran? yeah, sure am. So maybe we should get uh, Frankie Fran to help us get a screening of the movie. <laughs> I don't I don't know if there's any uh, uh, theaters out that way that you could suggest. Yeah, well, uh, the, the, the Coolidge Corner Cinema, for sure. Really? Okay, yeah, we, we should write them. And, uh, and I mean, you, you might have to pay a few bucks, but um, but you can charge to get in. Exactly. They're, so. they, they have a few deals like that where they're like, you know, if you give us five hundred dollars, we'll give you the bigger theater. But you got to split the proceeds with us. And then if we give you the really big theater, all proceeds go to us. You know, so, yeah. so take a look at that stuff. Exactly. So yeah, that's what we want to do. So, well, the we try to get the theaters to do two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Of course. Of course you do. Um well, it, it was a lot of fun, guys. You gave me so much energy and information. Uh, I, this is why I love talking to you guys. You're you're just into it. And um, in a world of cynical people, um, uh, I, I love knowing the two of you. I really do. Well, well, thank you, Frankie. We love knowing you. And Frankie Fran has always been a huge inspiration, and I'm glad he's still making movies and hasn't gave up the fight yet. No, we can't. We can't. Um, 
And uh, uh, the movie is a lot of fun, and uh, I'm especially excited for it to come out on DVD where I can flip through all those awesome special features that, uh, that make, make me like this kind of shit so much in the first place. Well, I'm working on that right now. The, the, you know, what's funny is that I'm not having so much fun with the special features um, because it was such a long time uh, in the making. So uh, there's so much just footage and just so much shit that I have to put together. It's it's really it's, a, it's almost like making another feature film. It is. It really is. Yeah. Hopefully the, the, the DVD will be packed full of special features and maybe we'll even find a distributor like Frankie Fran. Uh, <laughs> In, in our in our quest of filmmaking uh, uh, war or whatever it is. So, is yeah. um is there a website people can go to to check out the old stuff and uh, get updates on the new stuff? Uh, if they go to bizjackflemco.com, they will be able to see everything we've ever made that's on the internet right now and also have a link to the Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer website where they can check out our feature film. Nice. Yep. Richard Taylor, Zach Beans, two awesome guys. Uh, please watch their shit so they'll keep making stuff because we don't want them to stop. Well, thank you, Frankie. All right. Well, have a good time, guys, and uh, keep us updated. Can do. Yeah, right. thank you for having us on your fine program. <laughs> All the tweens are going to be really excited. The, the tween pop. Send them my way. Okay. Talk to you guys. <laughs> See ya. Bye.